My name is Owen from Elmhurst, and this is Zen Parenting Radio Podcast number 163. Hello, my name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 163. We had a little guy named Owen introduce the show. Oh, really? Do you know who Owen is? Not our neighbor, Owen. No, it's Kat's son. Oh, yes, I know Owen very well. From Tree of Life. Mm-hmm. So anyways, thank you, Owen. But um, Zen Parenting Radio, uh, it's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 10, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And the best predictor of a child's well-being, sweetie, is a parent's self-understanding. Yes. So we're going to talk about vacations. Yes, a little bit. A little bit. We're going to talk about the brain. A little bit. And how to uh, not get a case to the stupids. Yes. I have some ideas. And I also wanted to finish up because remember last week I said I would say something about prefrontal cortexes, and it's not boring, I promise. It's just an understanding. And then we're going to deal with uh, at least one of our listeners' questions. Okay. Uh, Nicole has a really good question. That we haven't talked through yet, so it'll be interesting to hear how we do this. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. Uh, it's on your sheet. It's on your program sheet, sweetie. <laughs> okay. So, um, but first, let's talk about the prefrontal vortex. Cortex. No, I don't want to talk about that yet. I want to talk about vacations. Oh, vacations first. Um, but first, um, hunteryoga.com slash zen. Yep. She is our partner, and she does a 28-day yoga immersion for uh, anywhere from experienced yogis to brand new yogis. And she's doing another one in March. So you can go check out some of her stuff at hunteryoga.com slash zen. And I know some of our listeners did the first round and they really liked it. So I think it worked out well. Great. Yeah, the the emails are awesome. So um, what's the deal with vacations? I just was on one. How'd that go? For like three days. Well, and you know, that's it's funny because... Um, one of the things I realized as I was on vacation, I went to see my parents and my aunt, and then I saw some friends in Florida. Um, I did all three in three days. It was a quick three days. Um, a busy three days. Busy three days, but not, no, it wasn't busy. A very non-busy, <laughs> busy three days. What I mean is that's the word that I'm trying to focus on is yesterday I was, yesterday was 80 degrees, by the way, where I was, and I was doing the whole looking at the ocean thing as we all tend to do when we're by an ocean because it's so, you get so awestruck by it. And you realize in those moments how like the day-to-day grind things that we do are so ridiculous. Mm. I don't mean ridiculous the choices we've made in being parents and stuff like that. I, you know, that's that's fantastic and those are things that fill our lives. But the the chaos and the got to be busy and got to do this and got to check this off the list and how we it's all so um silly. It it can be meaning that like when I was, you know, I made this um arrangement to leave on a Saturday and come home on a Monday because I didn't want to miss this and didn't want to miss that and I didn't want to miss this and And when I was standing there yesterday, I was like, I don't even know who that person is who felt like they couldn't miss one more day Mm -hmm. of their grind. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even understand that person. When I'm, when I get a few days off of my routine, I'm like, this is so good for me. And it's not like I'm even doing anything fancy. I'm staying on people's couches. You know, we used our, you know, miles to get there. It's not even a financial thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, um, it's just not being in your constant routine because you can't see beyond it. You know what I mean? I do. And I think what you're suffering from 
or maybe the rest of us are suffering and I was going to say, I don't think I am suffering. I think you have a little bit of the vacation hangover. You know, I knew you would say that and I, and that you would think I have like the blues and that it's hard for me to return. And there's some truth to that, but I think it's the opposite. I think going on vacation helps you see things more clearly and you come home and you are, you realize that the whole concept of go, 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 go isn't really how we should live. Well, and this morning is a wonderful indicator of the go, 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 go thing because Mm -hmm. um, you were supposed to get in. We didn't really plan out the podcast this week. And I really wanted to do the podcast. So we're recording yeah. on Tuesday morning. Right. Usually we record on Monday or Sunday. And I said, we have to do this. Right. When we had another plan that was just fine. Right. And that's fine. I really, I don't mind doing this. Right. This is not what I'm, t- I'm not trying to like be passive aggressive and say we shouldn't, that's not what I'm doing. Right. No, I, I know. But I'm just, I'm just saying that um, uh, I, it wouldn't be any other way. You know that when you're going to come home from vacation, you know, things kind of get built up for whatever reason, like this podcast is one of those things. Well, and I was just looking, you know, I was just thinking about the day and there's absolutely no food in this house. This this house is not clean the, and I haven't worked for three days and my children, this is their busiest day, Tuesday, because mm-hmm. they've got more activities on Tuesday. And that is okay, meaning that I'm not going to fight against that. But it reminds me that I need to, we need to split it up Mm -hmm. and that it's not all mine Mm -hmm. and that some of it doesn't have to get done. And those are the kind of mentalities. When we come back from vacation, I don't think it's about fighting against what you have. I think it's about looking at it and doing it a little differently. Like, why have I been like, it's got to be this way. It's got to be this time. It's got to be all this. When the truth is, is that... Um, it can get done many different ways. Right. Do you know what I mean? And what I don't want to do, and, and the reason I want to talk about this is you just said to me like 15 minutes, you're right back in it. And I was like, no, I am not. Mm. And now here's the thing. I'm very aware that five days from now I probably will be. Mm. But I think the silliest thing is to go on vacation and fill yourself up like that and come home and then do the exact same thing you always do. Well, and when I said you're right back in it, I didn't mean that you mentally were right back in it. I meant that we are right back in it. Right. You know what but, I mean? Exactly. I know exactly what you mean, but that's what that's why I wanted to discuss this is that, yes, in some ways, but if I didn't bring anything with me from my vacation, that would be a shame. Right. Meaning if I didn't... If you didn't have a sense of if clarity. If I didn't have a sense of clarity. If I had a sense of clarity looking at the ocean and then I showed up today and was like, right back in the grind, kids get in the car. Blah. If I did all that, then what was the point? Mm-hmm. Like I want to carry something with me. And like I said, in five or six days, that may be a little more of a fleeting memory. And, you know, I'm I'm 42, so I've done this a million times, gone away, come back. And you do get back into it. But I think that there is something to be said for – really taking a look at your daily experience. And if you go away and you have some realizations, don't come home and go, oh, that was just vacation. I have a vacation hangover. You know, I got to get back into the grind. I think you're supposed to carry that with you. Hey, Mom. Hey, Ben. Guess who got arrested? Who? Kevin Summerland. Who? Uh, You know, uh, uh, Calvin Sonogram. Oh, do you mean Kiefer Sutherland? Yes, that's it. Moms. They love us, and they take care of us. But one thing they can't do is remember celebrities' names. (laughs) Now you don't have to waste hours a day trying to decipher which celebrity your mother is referring to with the new Mom Celebrity Translator. Simply enter the name as pronounced by your mother. Height, 
Carbonaw. Then enter whatever vague information your mother knows about this person. She's on TV and she's crazy. And seconds later, you'll have the translation. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, she's crazy. Honey, who do you think is cuter, Rabbi Ronaldo or Champ Crawdaddy? <laughs> oh, you mean Ryan Reynolds or Chase Crawford? Yeah, neither. I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Who? It even works backwards. Sorry, Joe Geronimo. Oh, I love Joe Geronimo. He was so good in Breakdance Fountain. <laughs> All right, why did we play that? Oh, are we already starting? Of course. We've been playing. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been recording. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, two reasons. Number one is that that when we first heard that years ago, we were making fun of our moms. Because they do that. They don't have the ability to pull up a celebrity name. But unfortunately, in the last, I don't know, how long has it been? A year? years. We, Todd and I, who are one of our party tricks together is we can come up with celebrity names like off, you know, just, we just, oh, I know who sings that. I know who does that. And we have been saying things like Joe Geronimo. Yes. <laughs> it's the worst. I was saying to the girls, this is this is one that's been happening for a while, but I keep calling, um, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, I keep calling One Direction New Direction. There you go. Because of New Edition. Mm-hmm. And they, I realized that, to, you know, to me it makes total sense. I'm like, well, there's this band called New Edition. Were they even a band? There was a group right. called New Edition. So I keep saying that, and they are like, but that doesn't mean anything to them. All I know is I don't know One Direction. I know, and I think it's the sign of middle age that's that we're entering right now yeah and um you know one thing that hasn't happened to me that i think happens to our our parents a lot is they walk into a room and they forget what they oh that happens to me that doesn't happen to me yet but some very obvious movie actors have you know something that i've known forever I can't grab. And why it's so frustrating is like I was trying to come up with Maya Rudolph the other day Mm -hmm. and I could see her in my head, could hear her voice, could see everything she was in. I knew the energy of Maya Rudolph. I just couldn't pull up the name Maya Rudolph. And then crazy things happen where I'm in a conversation and I'm about to say, you know, the same kind of thing. Like I'll be commenting on someone and I will have had their name. And then as soon as it's my turn to talk, I can't bring it up. And yesterday I was having a conversation with my friend and we were talking about New Trier High School. Well, we didn't get to that point. I was talking about this high school. You know, I know someone who teaches there, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, what's the high school? And I was like, I could see it. I just had it and I couldn't pull it up. And then like two hours later, I'll go, New Trier. There you go. But by then the conversation is over. Yeah, so it's too, it, late. too late and I sound like an idiot. So anyway. So I have a, a friend of mine, Lorna, who you and I both know very well. well she uh, owns a daily method in Elmhurst. And she told me about this uh, this author named Lawrence Katz and Manning Rupin. and they wrote a book called Keep Your Brain Alive. And I just got it on eBay for like three bucks or whatever. I just got it. And uh, they introduced something called Neurobics. And maybe Neurobics has been around forever, but it's a unique brain exercise program based on latest research. Simple exercise to help stimulate the production of nutrients that grow brain cells to keep the brain younger and stronger. Now, I need it. Just that language helps me. Like it seems like it's like a mathematical equation that these brain cells are not connecting. So this is like exercising your brain to do it. So some, you know, it explains, it's a really short book and we'll put it on the show notes, um, but it's, um, 
it talks about uh, the first few chapters is just what the brain's all about. But then the second half of the book is different exercises that we yeah. can all do. And I highlighted a few of them. And it it's all about using all five of your senses instead of us. We just, have more than five senses, though. Six? We have many senses. Oh, hearing, <laughs> tasting, mm-hmm. touching, mm-hmm. smelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing? Did I say seeing? I don't think you did. Vision. Oh, vision. Um, and then we have our intuitive senses oh, and gotcha. our body senses. Gotcha. So you know, we can feel it in our gut. We can, our third eye. Got our, it. We have all sorts of ways that we sense things. And I know what you mean. Like the five senses are the most literal way, but we, we sense things many different ways. Right. And uh, the specific part about this book is it, it challenges you to um, you know, hide certain senses, senses to increase other senses. So um, some examples of it is, you know, when you wake up in the morning, shower with your eyes closed, and maybe you do that anyways, mm. I don't know. But um, another one is like getting into your car, once you're in your car, do everything with your eyes closed. Like you find your key in your pocket without doing it. Now we have a car where you don't need the key to put into the right, ignition. That but wouldn't work. Just, um, just that exercise of not knowing exactly where your gear shift is and having your eyes closed, brushing your teeth with your opposite hand. You know, I feel like these are mindfulness practices. Maybe they are. Because like if I got in the car and closed my eyes and said, okay, what comes next? Then I get out of thinking and rote memory and I get into the moment of what's happening. Right. And maybe that's what our brain needs is getting into the moment of what's happening. Well, I think practicing mindfulness probably will help every part of your body, which includes your brain. Yeah. Um, A few others um, have a silent dinner. Mm. So instead of us talking about our day... Um, just eat in silence. It's a total mindfulness activity. I love it. Um, or let's see, do, 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 fill a cup with coins in, while you're in your car. And instead of looking down, just feel the coins and see and see if you could tell if it's a nickel or a quarter or a penny cool. or a dime. So all these different things that uh, are brain stimulating. Um, but do, 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 do. So it's got a lot of different ideas of it. But. Well, in here, you know, last week, for those of you who listened last week, uh, you know, at the very end of the show, I said, we're going to talk about prefrontal cortexes, which sounded, you know, to Todd boring and, you know, not really a fun thing for not the show. Not boring, complicated. Complicated. Well, and, you know, I am not, uh, if you did not know, I am not a brain scientist. You're not? I am not. Um, but I do, you know. We know a brain scientist. We do? Jason Worrell. Oh, yes, we do. He's we do a neuroscientist. Know brain That's right. He's a neuroscientist. Um, but I do love the work of neuroscientists, meaning that I love to read it. And I love to, I can hear you drinking your smoothie in my earphones. Sorry, it's yummy. <laughs> I know. Um, How is this smoothie, by the way? It's good. It's very green today. It looks green, but it doesn't taste that green. No, it doesn't. But it's very green. Mm. Um, it's good. Vitamix. Yeah, it's got, good. Gotta love it. Um, But I love the work of the brain because I love understanding why, you know, as much as I um, discuss spiritual nature and things that we really can't have knowledge about, I like understanding the way our body works too, because it's the spirit and the body coming together, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that I was going to say about prefrontal cortex is that with children, is that that's the area that they're building up, you know, when they're kids, Um, is, you know, all these things are coming together, um, you know, you know, synapses, neurotransmitters, you know, everything's coming together to create meaning for them. And, you know, we're kind of on the opposite end of that where ours are kind of disconnecting again. Like we can't, you know, when you just said, um, 
you know, practicing, I just visualized in my head that some of those are getting far apart. Mm-hmm. So I, like I said, I can see Maya Rudolph and the name Maya Rudolph is my, is in my head, but they're no longer connected. Right. And what's happening with kids is the opposite. They're like beginning to connect, but they're not fully connected. The prefrontal cortex is where our, our executive functioning is. That means our organizational ability, our ability to rationalize, our ability to, um, you know, be, have some common sense. I like that that part. Yes, you do. You like that prefrontal. It's right up here, Todd. This Mm. is your prefrontal cortex. And, you know, so some people, um, and I will say this, your prefrontal cortex isn't completed, you know, and again, there's no like day that it's all done, but isn't typically completed until you're 25, which is why you insurance is higher for people under 25. Because they drive crazy. They drive crazy. They don't have, their risk-taking ability is higher than their organizational and rational ability. Right. And so they they know that, mm. you know what I mean? And so they're like, we're gonna, we know that you will take more risks right. because that's not fully developed yet. And here's the thing about life. It's fully developed when you're about 25 and then maybe five or 10 years goes by and it starts to decrease. So that's like that time. It's so your highest learning. Spot. Exactly. And <clears throat> the other thing is that I heard, and this isn't really about the prefrontal cortex as it is about the whole brain. This was helpful to me. They were talking about teenagers and how everything in their brain is so, it's so alive and it feels so much more intensely than things would for like you and I at our age and how just there's, they have dopamine rushes that are just so, you know, it's just, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I visualized it like covering their brain, you know, the dopamine. Right. So that is why conversations are more intense. The first time they fall in love is more intense. You know, for those, you know, for those of you, and I'm sure you all did that, like, you know, had a crush or fell in love when you were in your teenage years, it's like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. It's all encompassing. And you almost look back at it like, oh, you know, why can't it feel like that all the time? Well, that was a, your brain was in a totally different place then where everything was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Well, and we, as parents, I think it's hard, you know, our our oldest is 10, so we don't really have to deal with that yet. But um, I think that that is something that we need to remind ourselves because that time has come and gone for us. And I think it is easy for us as adults to forget why it is the way it is. So when your son or your daughter comes home feeling horribly great or horribly bad about any event, whether it's, you know, love life or sports. Horribly great. Yeah. That's a, (laughs) that's right. Isn't that a, isn't that a, what's it called? A oxymoron. See, I can't come up with the word oxymoron. Um, like jumbo shrimp. Yeah. Jumbo. Yeah. Horribly bad or horribly great. I feel horribly great. Horribly great. (laughs) Um, so I just like, even like when you eat food, like Skylar would live on cereal, plain cereal, and tacos and sure tacos was. that means and a, strawberries tacos basically means a tortilla <laughs> with beans on it totally like that's all you need to give her and i say that because you know maybe we can draw a comparison between the brain and like your taste buds your taste buds are alive so alive we as adults need to put hot stuff on food in order for it to taste well and you know what i think about is the story we were just telling someone about after um i had Cameron, after I gave birth to Cameron and Todd was telling the story about how he brought me a sandwich from Dominic's 
I had just had Cameron, so my oxytocin was like through the roof. Yes. Like my whole body was filled with the love hormone and I was just so connected to life and crying here and there and then I'd be so happy. And he brought me the sandwich from Dominic's and it was like the best sandwich I'd ever had. Yes, you would not stop talking about <clears throat> that sandwich. And the thing is, is I know that that it wasn't really the sandwich. Mm-hmm. It was the way my body was feeling. Right. So it made the sandwich taste so good. And sometimes we always chase that feeling and we think that that's something we can just pull up automatically or we say Dominic's has gone downhill because the sandwich isn't as good. Well, and it was like, uh, what's that drug that kids take to feel ex- ecstasy? Yeah. It's like you had just taken ecstasy. Well, I had naturally. Yeah. It's the love hormone. Oh, is that what it oxytocin, is? Oxytocin. It's not oxytocin. <laughs> No, yes, it's oxytocin. Oxycontin is the drug. Okay. Oxytocin is the love. Okay. You know, that's what happens when you nurse. That's mm. what happens after you give birth. Mm. And it's nature's way of helping you connect with your child. Mm. It's the it's a it's a hormone release. Crazy. So when you see that baby, you have that yet another within a subset of of the big miracle. Miracles. I mean, yeah. that's like miraculous. It's completely miraculous, which is why, you know, this is getting into birth, but why there are so many people who advocate for natural birth, not so you feel pain, mm. but because all these hormones are released naturally through the natural birth process. So it helps with that attachment and that connection. So it's not about, well, you know, everyone just wants me to be, you know, a warrior and be in pain. It's not that. It's the process of allowing your body to naturally release what it needs to. Right. And if you switch up that process, process. Right. I'm not saying you don't attach to your child, but it may it may not be the same. Right. You know, you may not have the same releases. Right. Um, so anyway, I just, I think to understand the brain is fascinating. You know, like in our retreat, one of the things we focused on on the first day was Jill Bolte-Taylor, um, who many of you may know from her TED Talk or from Oprah or her book, My Stroke of Insight, where she talks about the left and right side of her brain. She had a stroke on the left side of her brain. The left side of her brain is you know, where Todd loves. That's logical and that's practical and that's words and language and reasoning. And the right side of her brain was all more, she called it a nirvana, mm. connection, love, the big picture, uh, f- fluidness, um, energy and just that that connection to the inner and the bigger. And so she lived in that state of nirvana without her left brain. And she's a brain scientist. So it made it even more fascinating because she knew what was happening in Mm. the moment. She could like understand when her right, when her left brain would come back in, she would be like, oh my gosh, I'm having a stroke on my left side. Um, But what's, it's just so great to understand that there are so when anyone said, "Well, I can't, you know, I can't feel things, or I'm not intuitive." You are. Right. You are just stimulating your left brain more. Yeah. There's more blockages. Exactly. It's not about gaining something you don't have. It's about uncovering. Yes. Or uncovering the blockages, yes. and we'll put that TED talk on our show notes because it's a good one. Um, and because I always want to give resources to our listeners, um, there's another um, application on my phone that I found, and I don't know where I got it. Uh, it's called Lumosity, and it basically is a website, and it's all about improving your brain. And it's there. It's it's a it's a tool that gives you like different quick easy puzzles that stimulate certain parts of your brain. So they kind of put you through a questionnaire and says, "What do you want to do a better job at?" Like one of them is like remembering people's names. So right. I, I check that box. I need that. <laughs> so it it gives me exercise specific to that part of my brain. And they track your daily progress and it takes like 
four minutes to do every day. It's like a workout. It's like a workout for your brain. So we'll put that in the show notes too. And I actually got it for our, our whole family. So I, I know I saw that website and I didn't, or the uh, email and I didn't know what it was. Yeah, you so didn't know I, if it was spam or what. Yeah. So. so I didn't open it yet, but I'm excited about it because I think the other thing that's been helpful and the reason why Todd and I wanted to do this on the show is that if you're finding, if you're in your early forties or late thirties or mid forties or whatever, and you're finding that you're experiencing these things too, you don't have to be afraid, meaning that you, it is, there is an age factor, mm-hmm. you know, but the fact that there's, it's a place you can strengthen. Like you don't have to say, you don't have to throw in the towel and exactly. say it's all downhill that's from That's what here. I was going to say. You don't want to throw your hands up in there and say, oh, that's just the way it is. No, you, there are certain things that you can do to stimulate that part of your brain, whether it be through these two resources that we're offering or practicing mindfulness uh, or anything else. Exactly. Or there's a piece of acceptance like a couple of weeks ago, I finally went to the eye doctor because I was recognizing that when I would get my hand closer to my face, I couldn't focus. Mm. And that was weird to me because I've been a 20, 20 girl my whole life. So it kind of was scary. Mm. It was like, you know, I, I would, the way I describe it to people is I'd be eating and as my fork would come to my face, I couldn't see my hand anymore. It would like blur out. So I was like, well, I guess it's time for glasses. Um, you know, this is what it's all about. So I went to the eye doctor and she's like, you're still 20, 20. And I'm like, well, why is that happening? She goes, it's, it's an age thing. Mm. What's happening is it's coming so quickly toward your face that your eye doesn't have, you know, I don't have eye doctor language, but your eye doesn't have the ability to focus on it quick enough. So it's blurry. She's like, if you kept it there, which I am right now, it could probably eventually figure it out. out. But there was a piece of acceptance there for me rather than be scared or be Mm -hmm. down. I was like, oh, it's just, it's a little tired. Right. That muscle's a little tired. And it's just yet another reason why youth is wasted on the young Mm -hmm. because, um, when you're young, you know, my kids still sleep on the floor, even though they have a wonderful bed sometimes, but they'll just want to sleep on the floor. (laughs) And if we slept on the floor, we'd be, we'd wake up very sore the next day. And, you know, like you said, we just don't, I think, appreciate what we have. And I don't think we should take that and then say, yeah, I should have appreciated my twenties. I think we should utilize that knowledge for right now and know that when we're 60, we will look back and say, wow, when I was 42, I had this, that, and the other, and I didn't recognize it. So it's not about pining for the past. It's about being mindful of the present. And, you know, I'm sure I know women do this. You know, you look back at at a picture of yourself in college or in high school, and you'll remember that day and how you didn't like your outfit or you didn't like your hair or you thought you looked heavy or all those stupid things we do to ourselves. And you look at the picture and you're like, oh my gosh, I was so young and, and beautiful and, you know, happy and all those things. But you couldn't see it right. in the moment. You were just self-critical. And we're doing that today too. Yes. And in 20 years, we'll look back on these pictures of us with these little girls and go, oh my gosh, we were so young and vibrant. Exactly. And I think that you don't guilt yourself. You just notice. It's all about being here now. Exactly. Exactly. The power of now. Yes. I, I'm. That's another resource we should throw out there. Yeah. Eckhart uh, wrote a book. He wrote Eckhart Tolle. Two books. You, you talk like he's your friend. He is my buddy. He is. I listen of. to him almost every night. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Um, a New Earth was his second book, which was the book that changed my life. But yeah. his first book is a book called The Power of Now. And it's a question answer format. And it's really easy to read yeah. because all it is is somebody asking a question and him taking a few pages to answer. And it is uh, a wonderful resource. So Yeah. And just it, he talks about all these things that Todd and I are discussing in a little more of a, obviously a a deeper way. And he's just got this innate understanding of presence and um, that, you know, sometimes you'll be like, but what about this? And he'll say it in a paragraph where you're like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, he kind of clears up that 
it, it kind of clears away that fog that we have about um, our inability to right. be present. So, so um, I want to tease the next segment. Okay. Um, we're going to um, respond to a listener. Her name is Nicole, and she has a topic for it. She has a 10-year-old son who still comes into bed in the middle of the night. And um, she's having discussions with her husband because they're not exactly on the same page. So okay. but before we talk about that, though, I want to talk about our second partner, Tree of Life. They do our adjustments on a weekly basis, our whole family, me, you, and the three girls. You know what? I don't think you talked about Hunter. I think you did on our first run, but I don't think you did. It's all going to be part of it together. Oh, it is? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to save the first part and delete out that middle part. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm fine with that. So we're good. So Tree of Life, uh, Chiropractic Care, um, their website is chirotree.com, 630-941-8733. It's Healthy Families by Choice, sweetie. Not by chance. So give check her out. So uh, Nicole, let me just read this to you. My 10-year-old son sometimes coming to our bed early a.m. to sleep. He is a sporty, tough guy. Not much of a cuddler. Mm. Doesn't talk about his feelings unless I get him talking. My husband thinks it's not good that he comes to sleep with me. Doesn't want a, what's the word I would use? Uh, He doesn't want him to be weak. Doesn't want him to be weak. I totally disagree. How do I get him to understand it's Anson's way of connecting? He has always done this, so I know there isn't a problem going on at the moment. I'd love to hear what you think. I know you have some pretty strong... Well, I think that she already knows. She said it. Um, but the, what if your husband's not on the same page? Well, this this discussion, it, the the understanding that I think we need to have as parents is that especially with boys who are that age, who are kind of, you know, pre-adolescence is a really... Uh, it's not a difficult time in that our lives become difficult. It's there, you know, we were just talking about the brain changing. Everything's changing where you're going from that kind of more kid-like right brain, mm. everything's nirvana, to really getting more into that left brain where you start to see the world through a knowledge base and an understanding. Plus, you've got all the hormones right. and your body's changing in puberty. So it's a very... Um, challenging time. And I think we misunderstand and we think that that's when our kids should be breaking away from us and should be not as connected when really they need us the most. Mm -hmm. Um, They need to know that no matter their age, no matter um, their body changes, no matter that they can still connect with us and, and hug and love and that growing up doesn't mean isolating. Mm -hmm. Growing up doesn't mean I don't feel my feelings anymore. Growing up doesn't mean I have to pretend I'm something I'm not. And we all know that because here we are as adults and, you know, we get to be in our mid thirties or forties or fifties or whenever, and we go through these midlife crises and what they basically are is the disconnection from ourselves that we experience sometimes this early, you know, 10. Well, um, what I was going to say is, first of all, there's a little more dialogue between me and Nicole and because there's some comments below, some other people were trying to, they were expressing their opinion and Nicole's like, you know what? My husband's an amazing dad. He's really, really, oh, completely. He, he's, he's awesome. He's not alone in, in his no. belief system. As a matter of fact, I think most dads yeah. might feel this way. I happen not to. And uh, I think it's because um, a lot of dads would worry about making their son into a wimp for crawling into bed when they're 10 years old. And I guess my response would that would be to that is uh, I, I think we don't parent from the present moment. We're worried that he's eventually going to be a wimp. Uh, At 18, he's still going to want to crawl in our bed. Exactly. <laughs> he will eventually not want to do that. So Ever again. As long as he's doing that, I would say embrace it. And it's because now it says, Nicole says that his son is a tough guy yeah. during the day. Yeah. So 
we as human beings need to be tough, but we also need to be vulnerable. Yeah. We need to be strong and we need to be weak to kind of give ourselves some, uh, you know, balance, balance, a full range of emotions. So this is his way. And this was your point when we talked about it in the kitchen. This is his way of being close because he doesn't have. He can't do it during the he day. He can't do it during the day because mm-hmm. he's putting on the boy facade. He's putting on the boy mask saying, I'm cool, I'm tough, which in, we all did. And in the middle of the night, sometimes you guys can all relate. We get a little more vulnerable. We get a little more scared. We get more aware of our thoughts. That's why people have a hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. And he's having the experience of being more of who he is at night. And he recognizes he still needs that connection from his parents. And that is not only normal, it's so good and healthy. And the fact that he can reach out and go there and be accepted Mm -hmm. is just solidifying that connection. He's not going to keep coming into their bed. He may do it for a year or two. I'm not saying it's going to end tomorrow. But when he's a 13-year-old boy and his body is changing and and he's having experiences, he is not going to be getting in bed with his parents. So we don't need to worry about that. Um, I would also say that um, he... Oh, shoot. You were going to talk, so go ahead. Well, and the fact that nobody... It's funny because this is not a social thing where it's being perceived by anybody. This is a family secret between a mom, a dad, and a 10-year-old family son. Family situation. There's no secret. Yeah, well, right. situation. Yeah. And so there's really no social baggage that comes with no. it. So nobody in the outside world even knows about it. You don't even have to you know, scream from the mountaintops that this is what's going on. So uh, because of that, I think it's easier to deal with because... You know, a lot of a lot of parents say, "Well, how am I going to be perceived on this?" And there's nothing to perceive. And there's nothing to perceive <laughs> yeah. because this is a family situation that does not get broadcast beyond that. And to, to I know what I was going to say to go to Todd's point about needing that balance of needing to be during the day he's kind of being a tough guy, maybe putting on his mask, and at night he's a little more vulnerable. Is I think we also this is helpful to the dads to shift your concept of what weak means, yeah. and that really weakness is not being able to be vulnerable because you can say, well, no, not in man world. But the truth is, when you grow up and you get a job and you get into relationships, if you are in a, unable to be your true self or to be vulnerable or to tell someone you love them from your heart or to take a risk at work, you're not strong. Right. You're weak. Right. And so vulnerability and that ability to understand you can reach out and connect to somebody is a strength. Right. And so if you can just sh- if you can have that paradigm shift of my child is like, you know, visualize it, he is taking the risk to walk in your room in the middle of the night and say can I be here? Mm-hmm. He's not saying it, right. but can will you accept me even though I'm growing up and my body's changing and I'm not sure who I am? Can you accept me? Well, and it's a vital part because if if some parents would say, no, you're too old for this, right. you're shutting that part of him down. You are. And he'll stop asking. He'll stop asking. It's going to be really hard to get him to do that. So hopefully uh, there's a lot of parents out there that agree that vulnerability is a strength and oh, not, a, yeah. not a weakness. And because that's what you're trying to build up in them, that sense of you are worthy and, let, and you are good and connection is key. And you don't have to wear a mask in order right. for me to, to love, love you. To love you, exactly. And the other part is, is that when he comes in, he is... Um, Oh, dang, my brain. It's so funny that we're talking about brain because I keep losing what I'm going to say. You need a little lumosity. I need to rub some coins. Can you I do. have some coins? Sure. I'll get you a nickel, a penny, a dime, a silver dollar. 
You know what you need to do what? is you need to take that pen and write it down because that's what I, that's my trick. I know. I, write, it, I write my ideas down when you're talking. It comes in like a big burst. And then if you're talking, and it's not your fault, you should be talking, but I can't, then I think about what you just said and then I can't you're get busy through. You're busy listening I'm busy me. listening. And so I- See, sometimes I don't even listen to you. That's my trick. <laughs> um, so is there any other- final thoughts you want to hear. First of all, Nicole, thank you for writing to us. And if anybody else has any other family situations, you know, I asked Nicole for permission to use her name. So she said, yes. Yeah. We don't normally use names. Yeah. If you wanted to, um, if you have something going on in your family, you want our two sons about, uh, just email me at comments at zenparentingradio.com and I will ask your permission to use your name. If you say no, then I'll just use it anonymously. Use the question. You know what? I think that's it. I just think that, oh, I know what I was going to say. I got it. A lot of times the reason we say, no, you can't come in here is because that's what we were told when we were kids. So we're just repeating a pattern. And what we always have to do when we are saying no to our kids is question why we're saying no. Are we saying no because we're afraid? Are we saying no because that's what happened to us and we've never questioned it? Are we saying no because we know gut instinctually that's really the right choice? And, you know, people say, oh, that's so much work. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of the way parenting is. You have to go there. You have to go deep. And I think that if we can reflect on our own childhoods and the time maybe that we couldn't get in, someone said, no, you got to be stronger. No, you can't get in bed with me or no, you can't be uh, a wimp, that we recognize how harmful that was, that that really didn't help us. Right. You know, that that was one of those times where we probably felt... It's a layer of emotional baggage that you're going to... And the idea is for us to remove layers or make sure there's not... Do our best not to put any layers on. And and again, not to blame anyone. Your parents, our parents were doing that in love Mm -hmm. because that's what they knew how to do. Right. Um, But the whole idea of now and us being parents is to instead of just do things because they were done before, it's to question what do we really know is good for everybody? And am I doing this because of my own fear or because of what's best for my child? So in the meantime, I would advise them to just embrace the fact that their son still wants to do this because it's going to be fleeting. Yes, it is. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, what happened to my little guy? And he's going to be taller than mom and dad. Embrace the fact that he goes out in the world. And even though I, you know, I hope that the tough guy is really who he is in some ways, like that that's real and that he can come home and be huggy and lovey too. That's a very well-balanced whole boy. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a fantastic boy. Well, and I wanted to talk about a blog, but we didn't have time about uh, dads who hug sons. But I will say just as far as affection goes, um, you know, sometimes it's out of balance the other way, whereas a mom will you know, not deliberately, but, or a dad will embarrass their kid by showing physical affection around their friends. Right. So reserve that for, you know, being at home. Let you your know. child take the lead on that kind exactly, of stuff. Exactly. Cause yeah. then you're, then you might be pushing them away. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, you know, I thought you were going to go this route and we, you obviously didn't have time to read the blog, but you know, and sometimes the boys get affection only from their moms and you know, the girls you know, we'll get affection from their dads. And sometimes it's not so divided that way, but that boys need affection from both parents and girls need affection from both parents. This is from uh, a Chicago Now blog. I don't even know what it's called, but it was about Sean White and how he lost. Oh yeah, that That blog went crazy viral. And um, so Sean White lost, he's the snowboarder guy from the Olympics. And this, I think it was a woman. Did a woman write this? Yeah, between us. I think it was Shannon... Shannon, what's Shannon's last name? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what her name is. Uh, Ball? Shannon Younger. Oh, Shannon Younger. Okay. 
Shane and Younger. So um, she talks about how awesome it was, of how classy he was in defeat. But the last thing he said was that he asked for a, cu- a hug. After the competition, White said to a friend, come here, man, I need a hug. I love that he was able to ask his friend for a hug. I suspect that not all male athletes can do that. The agony of defeat is never easy to take, but having friends who support you no matter what makes it much, much easier. Finding those friends, blah, blah, blah. I just think that it's awesome that one grown-up man asked another grown-up man for a hug. Well, it's such great role modeling. Like if, you know, kids see that, that, you know, someone like an athlete, you know, especially an athlete like Sean White, not only is a tough athlete, but he's in this very cool sport and, you know, he's so many boys are looking up to him and the fact that he trusts his friendships enough and trusts himself enough. Oh, and he's on world TV. I know. And he doesn't care how that's perceived. He just knew that he just lost, he just got embarrassed because yeah. he's the best in the world. And, and he, everyone's looking to him. And he didn't meddle. Yeah. And he responded. Talk about vulnerable. That's right. He responded by asking another guy for a hug. And with classy, you know, one of the best things I loved about his interview is I'm not going to be able to do it verbatim. But when they were like, well, you know, those, the hills were really difficult or they were really icy and it, it was tough. And he's like, but yeah, but everybody did it. Yeah. So it's not like I can have a cop out like, right. oh, the hills were too tough because everybody had tough hills. So that's a lesson for sportsmanship yeah. and, you know, male role modeling. Yeah. It's really good. So, um, so last but not least uh you have two books uh yeah. let's finish this promotional vehicle up uh well, so for parent part one part two part two my books are uh kathycadams.com and also at amazon.com and you can get both books for twenty dollars on my website so i recommend kathycadams.com and also i was going to say about jeremy avid company who is our um third partner uh i was noticing on a facebook page the other day there was like 10 people talking about him and how good he was yeah and it had nothing to do with us or zen parenting they were just so many people have used avid now and they have just glowing reviews, mostly about the character mm-hmm. that he has and yes. the company has. So I can't, you know, I just wanted to say that. So Avid, they do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Their number is 630-956-1800. If you have any projects around the house, give them a call and tell them that Zen Parenting sent you. So, uh, And then last, uh, we didn't have any reviews in the last week on iTunes. So we need to encourage You know what? I was listeners. thinking that the last time, you know, you read that last review and you said it was Grogan or something. I think that's Karen. Who's Karen? Karen from Field. Brain's not working. Yeah, your brain is not connected. Oh, Karen. Remember? Yeah, Karen. Oh, I love Karen. I think that's her. I, I don't know for sure. And if it's not you, Karen, I'm sorry. But, but when, if it is you, Karen. Karen, thank you. You're awesome. Because as we walked away from that show, I was like, maybe that's Karen. So anyway, thank you for those who... Um, I think Karen might be one of the nicest people I've ever I've met. I've ever met in my lifetime. I know. <laughs> I need to, I need to hang out with her more. I know you do. Well, you're a nice person too. So you guys could hang out and be nice Darn together. right I am. Um, so anyway, that is... Um, that is our show. Um, and then last but not least, um, if you shop via Amazon, go to our website first. And there's an Amazon box on the right-hand side. And then go shop for your all your trinkets. Yes. On Amazon. Trinkets. And because we a portion of that gets sent back to our BU program. Because BU, I mean, we'll have more to talk about in the next couple of weeks. But BU is becoming a... a business yeah. you is and when i say i don't mean like business like we're, we're breaking formalizing in money. Our, we're formalizing it as a business and we're making it more easily accessible and we are trying to um make sure that um people not just kids this is for adults too are feeling more comfortable about being themselves and understanding that they have value and worth and that we need them that's right we need people to who have come alive and have become themselves true that all right see you next week have a good week